The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Spins by the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Oh! oh, what a tackle! Evans up the middle to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan! Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Foling Warehouse. Your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Tom, it's like opening day all over again, this time basketball season. How geeked are you to call some hoops tonight? I'm excited, and it, it's it's almost like it snuck up on us. Like, all of a sudden, the calendar turned over. Basketball is here. They play for real. Um, and it should be a good game, and they start at an historic place, Hinkle Fieldhouse, um, where Butler has been absolutely dominant. They have not lost a home opener since 1998 when they lost to Southwest Missouri state, which is not even the name of that school anymore. They they've transitioned to Missouri state and they are in non-conference games in their last 72 non-conference games at home. They've won 70 of them. Yeah. They've been very dominant. You don't realize, and this is all well changing over coaches pretty much in rapid succession. Uh, All of them for the most part, have been successful at Butler while also changing conferences. Yeah, and uh, Thad Mott is there. It's his second tour of duty. He graduated there in 1990. Uh, He was a head coach there back in 2000, if memory serves. And then last year, takes over again. Of course, some people remember a long time with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, And then he was an associate athletic director at Indiana prior to going over to Butler. So I think that program will get straightened out sooner than later, as is evidenced by their huge roster turnover. Butler only has two guys from last year's team that played, and they're two 6'10 centers, and one average five and a half minutes a game. The rest of the roster has been completely flipped over. So 91% of Butler's scoring from a year ago walked out the door. Conversely, Eastern Michigan, 49% of their scoring walked out of the door, and almost all of it was Amani Bates, who's now a Cleveland Cavalier, and Noah Farrakhan, who transferred to West Virginia. Other than that, though, Eastern Michigan does have a strong core of basketball players. Tyson Acuff is going to be the leader of this team. He knows it. Stan Heath knows it. Stan Heath has told him such. You're running this offense. And and they have finally have a seven-footer, Kirill Martinoff. So I don't know how well he'll play. He's a guy that's got to learn how to finish at the hoop, but he, he got some minutes last year at Georgia Tech. But just having that frame in the paint, changes everything for Eastern Michigan. They didn't have that last year. Without a seven-footer, you can't compete in the MAC. And also, I think Stan Heath did a good job, as I basically turned this podcast into my own show. Um, <laughs> Stan Heath did a good job, too, of setting up the non-conference schedule to be balanced. I think last year, you went through this guillotine of Michigan, and you're down in Mexico playing in that tournament. It was like one punch after another, and it was hard for this team to get their head above water. Now, it's balanced out. You're going to have challenges. You're, you're going to have Butler. You're going to have Michigan. But you're going to have other games in there where you get really a chance to fine-tune your basketball game and get ready for the MAC. It's all about getting ready for the MAC. You know it better than anybody. You've been in the MAC for like 60 years now. When you get into conference play, it doesn't matter what your record is. Can you swing with the big boys in the conference and get yourself to Cleveland? Yeah, all that matters is can you uh, punch back when Toledo, Kent, and Akron uh, start pounding you in the paint? Because that's what they've been so successful at 
is just feasting down low on the opposition. And Eastern hasn't had that matchup in a long time. So uh, good to have them back. You think uh, it'll be a fun matchup on conversely. You'll have that game at Hinkle. I'll be back here getting uh, EMU women's basketball on the air uh, against Detroit Mercy as they open their home schedule. We've heard you uh, have previews with both head coaches the last two weeks. Women's basketball, again, started hot last year, couldn't sustain uh, that success. It'll be a unique challenge for them because they lost so much post-presence. Will they be able to score? Uh, You have a lot of guard play that's heavy, but again, same story as the men's side. A lot of people who are still untested and learning at the college level. Yeah, but the nice thing for Fred Castro is when he looks down the bench now, there'll actually be one. There were times he turned to his left last year and it was like, do I sub in this one person or not? I got like six healthy bodies. I can't scrimmage during practice. He he duct taped that entire season together. And they're projected to finish better than they did a year ago. They made it to Cleveland last year. They were projected not to. They were projected to finish ninth, which Fred Castro taped on the wall. He's like, all right. You want to play us like that? We're going to come at you. We're going to show up to Cleveland, which they did. They did show up at Cleveland. Um, They just didn't show out when they got there. But this year, they're projected to go to Cleveland. Conversely, the men, I think they're slated at 11th, so they got some work to do. But, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. Basketball's here. You got Maction this week. Um, It feels this thing comes together. I do have two bones to pick, though. One, college basketball should not be starting this early. I remember, and this is old man throwing, screaming at cloud. When I first started, you didn't play college basketball regular season until Thanksgiving week. It's too right. early. Why Why are we jamming it down when there's 18 million other things for people to watch? Like college football, let it wrap up and then take center stage. Uh, this is why no one on the national scale pays attention to college basketball until February. Because all they care about is, are you going to make the tournament? Oh, all this. No one wants you. You spoil all these high profile games early on that get lost that could draw more attention to the sport. And my other drawback is remember ESPN had that 24 hours of basketball? Yes. Why can't we have that back? Yeah. There's what a better way to start the season? I, I mean, the worldwide leader is just throwing money at people, but like, let's play games where people can watch. Like, there's nothing wrong with a 10 a.m. game turning on your television and finding it there or two in the morning and finding it there. But we took that away. Yeah, it used to be March Madness, and you wanted to practice at 12.01 and all this stuff, and then it was going to kick off. It felt like March Madness at the start of the season and all these teams and everybody's high hope, and now it's just kind of – it's more like, oh, uh, oh, basketball started. Like, I didn't didn't realize we were already to that point. Yeah, it's just – it gets lost in the mix. There's a women's game taking place in Paris today, but no one knows about it. I, I do now. Yeah. Who's playing? Do you know who's playing? Uh, South Carolina is playing uh, somebody. I can't remember. It's a big matchup. Paris. Paris. Yeah. I know. It just, I know we've got midweek football, all those, but you lose track of college basketball. Here's my bone to pick. And I was hoping, and this is going to sound bad as the voice of EMU, I was hoping to see Toledo rank 25th in the nation when the AP poll came out. Because now you had a shot to take down a top 25. They are just on the edge of it. And there was a graphic on TV over the weekend as you talk of the group of five teams that have a shot at a New Year's Six Bowl. Toledo is in that discussion. And I thought, what would be better than to have them at 8-1, and 25th in the nation, EMU goes down to the glass bowl, knocks them off, 
puts themselves one win from a bowl victory. It would be a perfect Wednesday night, but EMU is just going to have to do it to an unranked team, I think. And I think EMU is much better wired. That's perfect English, by the way, much better wired uh, for the game against Toledo than they were against NIU. I think it was more of a feeling like they got prepared. They weren't that hyped for the game. They'll go out there. They'll play good football. They get the win. They, they didn't. Now I feel like they had a little break. They're into action. This team is seeing red. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I don't know if they can knock off Toledo, but I think we're going to see a much better performance. And I think Austin Smith learned something about himself having to play hurt a week and a half ago. Running the football wasn't readily available to him because his ankles all taped up and he was trying to stay more in the pocket. Then he realized, boy, I can I can sit back here and throw some darts. And Jalen Jackson finds him down the middle of the seam. They moved the ball a little better after the first two drives went like negative 12. So I don't know if they could do it, but I feel a lot better about Eastern Michigan's prospects going into this Toledo game than I felt a week and a half ago. Yeah, you hear from Coach Creighton coming up later on in the show. We get the chance to talk with him. Uh, the change from getting out of the monotony of you had nine straight weeks of just playing football. This team needed to get away from itself, regroup. They've done that. I think they also uh, have put in a pretty solid game plan. I think they know they're going to have to run the football, control the clock a little bit against Toledo. Um, you didn't see much of the run against Western. That was because they fell back behind. And if they're able to play in front and play keep away, I think if they can also find a way to contain the legs of Daquan Finn, granted, you remember mm -hmm. the heartbreak last year, he was not the quarterback that played. Um, they were able to, to find that play with just a few minutes remaining to lose. Otherwise they're playing in the, in the Mac championship game. So I think there's a bone to pick in this one and, and the guys, um, I mean, this was a team that remember that was had hopes of 10 wins and all this preseason that's now just hoping for their bowl lives at this point. Uh, and I think you're, you, when you back somebody in the corner, sometimes that's when the best fight comes out of them. And I see your Daquan Finn and I raise you a Joe Sparacio and a Chase Klein because you know what I would do? I would shadow that guy. If you can put a Sparacio on him or something and just be his shadow, I think you could really limit him. Sparacio's fast. He's great in open space. He's great at making tackles, as evidenced by the 337 tackles he had in the last game. Um, I've seen two numbers, 22 and 23. What did Sparacio have that last game? He finished with 22 at game time. Uh, and when the game ended, it was at 23, but had to go back and review a play and a goal line stand uh, that Chase Klein brought to my attention, that play on fourth down, uh, Chase goes over the top and stops him, his momentum, and then Joe wraps up Chase and the quarterback. The hard part was, in real time, I couldn't see it. Of so course. When I go back, I had to flip him. So uh, Chase got another tackle. Joe lost a tackle. Uh, it just means they both now are still one and two in the country. Joe couldn't, he, he should have given Joe 23. Chase should have said, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to, you give it that one to him. Chase wants them all too. together in a perfect world. If the other team had 75 offensive snaps, those two would split the tackles almost evenly. Uh, I, I think in a perfect world, I think they'd both want all the tackles if they could. They want, yeah, 75 tackles. Yeah. All, yeah. all solo. They don't want anybody else sharing their assists. I think it'll be a good matchup. I, I really think that 
we haven't seen the best of Eastern Michigan in terms of health. And, and finally it's maybe starting to come together. Uh, and I think it's also just we 11 and five in midweek football is Chris Creighton for whatever reason, there's some secret sauce that he's sprinkling on this mix when it comes to, to Maction that always seems to find a way to make that cream rise to the top. And that counts the COVID year too, right? When they were all midweek games? Does not count the COVID year, right? Does not count the COVID year. So 11 and five minus the COVID years. Yeah. And I think some of it is a lot of times Eastern's had their back to the walls in November and this team digs deep like no other and can come out and pull out those wins. They got to win two of the last three or the season's over. There's no bowling. So they know they got to make hay here. If you knock off Toledo, you got Akron coming behind there. I think Eastern Michigan's the better team. They can beat Akron. Now you get yourself to six and whatever happens in Buffalo happens in Buffalo. If Toledo curb stomps you in this one, you got to regroup. You got to beat Akron. Now you got to go to Toledo two days before Thanksgiving. Who knows what the weather will be or how that'll play into it. And you got to get that victory or it's over for you. Now, I did see a stat about bowl teams and bowl eligibility. I think I took a picture of it on my phone, too, about how many teams are left. Oh, yeah. There's only like 50 teams right now that have qualified for the bowl for those 80-some slots. Three weeks remain. We've got 51 bowl-eligible teams for 82 slots. This doesn't include James Madison and Jacksonville State, who are – ineligible, but I think the NCAA would flip that if there weren't enough bowl-eligible teams, right? So if there aren't enough bowl-eligible teams, then James Madison and Jacksonville State would be selected first to fill any openings, followed by five and seven teams to try and get to that point. So Then five and seven teams are based on your APR in terms of academic progress report, which, of course, we know Eastern Michigan has been extremely strong in, but not to say that you want to have to worry about backing into a, a, a bowl situation. Wait a minute. So the, the tiebreaker is how smart your team is? Yes. That's like a, a soccer game is tied and let's go to a home run hitting contest. Like it's a completely different. Yep. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. That's why I mean, Stanford, Rice, all those guys. Teams, listen, like, if we're going to go to a bowl, you've got to go to biology. All right. We've got to tackle midterms. You've got to get that assignment in. Yep. No absences, no tardies. We're the best in the country. So anything's possible, but all that matters is just win, just win. And that way Tom can be enjoying himself in some tropical locale like Charlotte, Frisco, Texas, or Detroit. Two of those three would be fantastic, I think. You know, you got to get out and spread your wings a little bit. Listen, Detroit is a phenomenal bowl game. They treat everybody like gold. They pull out all the stops. Ford Field is a tremendous facility. But if you play, you know, if you can drive from your house to the game in under an hour, it doesn't feel like a bowl experience, right? You want to go, like a lot of these players haven't been to Charlotte. They haven't been to Frisco. You want to go somewhere new. You want to see something different. Listen, Boise was cold, but there's another one where they treat you like celebrities. They pull out all the stops. Boise State was phenomenal at hosting a bowl oh, yeah. game. Well, and yeah, we're not great. even talking about our, our good buddy Dell out at the Arizona Bowl. We know oh, yeah. how much he would love to be hosting us. I just don't think he'll get the opportunity because his hand will probably be tied to whoever finishes the runner-up. Yeah, they're usually uh, – ESPN gets the pick of who, like, wins the MAC, And then Arizona Bowl comes in second, but they're kind of forced into yeah. – uh, 
kind of whoever loses that game. And then it goes down the list unless ESPN picked the second team as well, too. So we'll see how it plays out. But again, you got to take care of business. So you just you got to starts with Wednesday night. Can you move the football? Can you put points on the board and let the defense do the rest of the work for you? So we'll, we'll, we'll have, find out. Yeah, we'll we'll find out on Wednesday. We'll have radio coverage beginning at 720 on Wednesday nights. Uh, and we also today have a, a two segments that you put together from the Hall of Fame, uh, getting a chance to host and MC that event. We talked about that last week, but we do a little volleyball and basketball combo deal camila olayo from volleyball and then ryan coleman for women's basketball let's start with ryan coleman she's one that uh still lives in detroit and had a lot of offers and her dad passed away while she's trying to make a decision and then she decided i i gotta be home so she chose eastern michigan but she's someone that felt uh maybe time had passed her by a little bit like maybe Eastern Michigan wasn't going to recognize her for all her accomplishments athletically. And then they have the ring of honor ceremony at the basketball arena and her name goes up there and it's followed right up behind with her going into the hall of fame. And now she feels really good about life. When you, when you come back to Ypsilanti and you bring your kids and you can point to the wall and you can point to the arena and you're like, you know, mom, mom could play a little bit. So had a great conversation with her, but she was definitely um, blown away by being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then Camila Olayo is interesting because some kids wonder, do I want to go to college in state or out of state? She went from Brazil to the United States. And even she had to explain to friends in Brazil, like I'm going into the Hall of Fame for volleyball in college. And her friends, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, I don't, this is, this is a thing. Like you get, she goes, this is a thing. Like, yes, it was because I think she wanted to go to Florida State or Miami. She was going to go to Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. And then a friend had talked to her at visiting up in Ypsilanti and, and the friend's like, great nightlife. You're going to love it up here. And she goes in her Brazilian accent. That was a lie. But I walked on campus and I was like, she goes, I knew I was home instantly. And for all you kids listening out there, that's why campus visits are so important. You got to get on there and feel it. And does it feel like home? You know, I. My oldest daughter, I took her to one campus. She's like, I we can get in the car now. Took her to another one. She's like, I could see living here forever. You know, there's a difference. Now, she went to neither one of them and ended up just going into the job world. But it's important to visit those campuses. And you never know. And to a T, a lot of the athletes that, that go to Eastern Michigan are like, boy, this feels like home. Like, this is this is a family. This is where I want to be. And Camila Olayo is uh, one of those people. Yeah, they're both great representations of EMU athletics and, and great people who've done uh, tremendous things since their graduation. So they'll their interviews, along with Chris Creighton, on this uh, heavy edition of Basketball Opening Day. We've run. That's a your way of telling me to shut up, like we've talked too long. Well, I'm just saying, if you were the producer, you'd be in the ear of uh, rap, 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 because of course everybody's thinking, "Wow, they've already talked about 20 minutes right now." Have we? Oh my God, we better move on to the good stuff then. I'm gonna say more good stuff. You can hear Tom and I again next week, or as always, you can listen to every Eastern Insider on replay on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your streaming. As well as don't forget, Tom's on radio tonight, Wednesday, and then you'll get him again on Saturday. Plus, maybe I'll tag along. So much more. Eastern Insider presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield and the Folding Warehouse rolls on after this. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? 
Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle. Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, online or over the phone, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football. But you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Foling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Foling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. Joining me now, Camila Olayo. And I, I worked very hard on perfecting that name for the Hall of Fame night, too, because when you're a legend in your sport, you deserve to have the name say, said correctly. But you came all the way from Brazil for this. That's not an easy trip. No, it's not. It's so worth it, though. You came, you came all the way from Brazil to play college volleyball, too, didn't you? That's right, I did. I mean, a lot of kids debate whether, should I leave home, should I stay home, this. You left the country to go play somewhere else. That had to be extremely difficult. You know what, when you have your heart in the right place, it's not hard. You know, I had a set that I was coming here and I was going to try and make a difference, um, make this team work hard. It was, it was an easy decision, so it was easy to come. What drew you to Ypsilanti to think, yeah, this is where I want to play my college volleyball? Uh, the moment I stepped at Eastern, I met the team and I met my coach and I knew I had to be here. So. It was easy decision to come um, Eastern. You know, we were not in the Convocation Center at the time. We we're at Bowen Field House. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing really, nothing like really appealing about it. <laughs> but it was the people. So. And what was it like when you got the phone call and they said, "You know what? You're, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. We're putting you up with all the other legends at this school." It was really exciting. Not gonna lie, I always um, dreamed about it when I was here. Um, you know, once you you graduate and you see your numbers, you're like, "Well, do I have a shot?" Um, 21 years later, after I graduated, I get this call, and that was really, really exciting. So very happy to be here. Which is a bit of time you probably thought, all right, well, this just probably is never going to happen for me, and I, I don't know if you ever thought about it. And then the call comes, and all of a sudden you're like, boy, this is... When, when you internalized it, you thought about it, what does it mean to you to be on that wall with the other legends? You know what? You think the game has changed so much and uh, that your numbers are going to get beat. Um, you know, you see the type of athletes that are out there right now are so much stronger, so much faster. Mm-hmm. And then you think your numbers are just going to get crushed. And um, it's really rewarding to see that everything that we worked so hard for, it's still, you know, there. The books are still there. Um, so this is, uh, there are legends out there, you know, athletes that I heard of when I came in. There are mm-hmm. athletes that, you know, um, the, the only volleyball player that's out there is Stacy. Mm-hmm. She was my coach. She's my friend. Uh, so truly an honor to be close to her. So very excited. When you think back to your college career, is there a particular game that stands out to you or a particular moment in your career that was uh, exceptionally awesome for you? There were many, but um, always playing against Ball State, um, every match against them, we gave our hardest. I mean, we gave all of what we had to give, and it was always a battle. So um, every match against Ball State, I can name that. <laughs> I always think, too, when I'm traveling, sometimes people ask you, oh, where are you headed? What are you doing? What was the over-under on how many people you told, I'm going into the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, Everybody, like, can I get a coffee? I'm going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know what? 
I, um, it, it was hard explaining in Brazil what this meant. Yeah. Um, nobody really knows, you know, about, about this event and what it means. So I had to explain. And when you really, like, go down and explain what you're doing, it makes it even, even more special. Uh, here in the U.S., my teammates were so excited. Um, my coach is here tonight. And, um, you know, they're all thrilled and saying how deserving, you know, I was of this award, but really they're all a part of it. So what's it like to reunite with your coach after all this time? Gosh, it's amazing. I've been back many times after I graduated because they're my family. Mm -hmm. So I come back very often. But, you know, for this special reason, it's it's priceless. Well, enjoy the evening and congratulations, Hall of Famer. Thank you so much. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Joining me now is Ryan Coleman. First of all, congratulations. This is so awesome. How did, how did it feel when you got the call and they said, listen, Ryan, you're going to the Hall of Fame? I said, it's about time. <laughs> that's what I said. It's about time. Like, it felt really good to still be remembered right no no one's forgotten about you at all no i mean it's been what 17 years yeah yeah it's been a while so to receive that call was like bringing everything full circle again it's like my circle was incomplete but now it's 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 closed it feels good to have that closure well let's go back to the beginning then how was it that you came to be in ypsilanti uh, they really wanted me. A lot of other schools in the country wanted me. And to be honest, the passing of my father, when it was signing time, kept me closer to home. Okay. You know, I was uh, looking forward to going to California and playing basketball. Mm-hmm. But me being kind of young and my father passing, I just said, you know what? I'm going to still do my thing no matter where I go. Eastern showed me love, like a lot of love, even when I told them I wasn't coming. So I took that love that they were showing me, and I just welcomed it, and I came here. And you gave the school a lot of love, too. A tremendous basketball career here. What was it like for you playing close to home? It was good, really good, actually. The support of my family, like just being from Detroit, meant everything. Had I gone somewhere else, wouldn't have had that support and would have had to win over a whole nother city, state. Right. You know, uh, my name here is something. Right. In the city and throughout the city and all the way up to Ipsy. And it, it meant a lot. Just being young and having your family to support you goes a long way. I know how you felt when you said you got the call. It's about time. Who's the first person you called to let them know? Guess what's happening <laughs> in Ypsilanti? The first person I called was actually my brother, who's here today. Okay. I called my brother. You know, he's been on this journey with me for a long time. I am the fourth of five children. And every last one before me played basketball. So I had a lot to live up to, look up to growing up. And, and what's it mean to you now that your name's going to be on that wall forever with the legends of Eastern Michigan? It's mind-blowing, honestly. It's mind-blowing. Like, coming here for the Ring of Honor really opened my eyes up. Like, I'm up here. Yeah. It, it's not going anywhere. 
and having my daughter with me and her being able to see it, I think I was just more happy to just allow her to see who yeah. I was because she just didn't understand until then. It's just more so I don't want to be in your shadow. But now she's like, maybe playing ball won't be so bad. So I think I was just more so grateful to experience that, this whole experience with her. See, now when you come here for a basketball, first let me show you guys what's going on here in the lobby. Here's, here I am. Here I am. Come into the arena. I got something else to show you. My name's in big letters there it's in the okay. arena. It's, it's, it's got to feel good to get that kind of love from the university. It feels great to get that love from the university. Like I said, it's been 17 years, you know, and I'm just glad that they didn't leave me behind. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Congratulations, Ryan. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Return of midweek football for Eastern Michigan. They this week are on the road against Toledo on a Wednesday night as we shift to Mac, mid, midweek Mac play. Coach, it's hard to remember what day of the week it is in terms of the football schedule right now. It might be whatever day of the week it is when we're recording this, but we're only a few days away from kickoff. Does it get to a blur at this time of year with the switch for you, or is it a bit refreshing because it's a, just a little different change to get out of the norm? Yeah, the last couple of days have just have definitely been a, a change in, in our routine, which I think is is healthy. You know, been out on the road recruiting and our guys have, you know, not practiced and been able to focus on school and getting healthy and, and resting. And since we really haven't started yet, we start this afternoon. It doesn't seem like we're completely out of whack in terms of the days of the week, but that for sure will happen tomorrow when it's a Tuesday practice, which we call a two-day, but it's a Saturday. So, and that's the reason why we rename it so we don't get lost. So it will get like that, but not quite yet. Excluding uh, the COVID year when everything was a midweek game, Eastern Michigan football, since they've been featured in Maction 11-5, and five, what has the success been for getting the guys to focus so strongly during this month of November? Yeah, I, I think it's just been a, a you know a character quality, and we got to make sure that it's part of this team is you know finishing strong, and you know no matter how things have gone, you know we just keep fighting, and that's what, whether we've gone through a good stretch in October, you know, or not. So you know November's got to be a great month for us. You talked about it last year, the Toledo game. Losing it was a hard pill to swallow for you and this team. Does it maybe have similar correlations to how Western felt and maybe can change some some things as you head down this stretch? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't compare Western this year to Toledo last year. I mean, every time that you lose, it's uh, it's hard um, and it's painful. But uh, you know, last year, you know, the way that we approached that was it was because we still had football to play after that for sure. But it was the two leaders in the MAC West going ahead ahead for for the lead in the Mac West uh, with a couple games remaining 
and um, you know, winning the whole game, and then they took a lead with about two minutes left, and and ended up winning the game. So it was it was difficult, but uh, again, I mean, we responded by going to Akron and winning, by going back out there to Kent State and winning, and then hosting Central Michigan and winning, and winning the Michigan MAC, and then going out to Boise and beating a really good San Jose State team. Um, it was hard. I mean, I remember I spoke with Jose after. The Monday after our loss to Toledo was, again, it was our kind of three-day recruiting time, time off for like an hour and a half. And we're just processing and trying to, you know, figure out how we were going to, you know, get up and get ready to keep moving on. But, uh, you know, we did and uh, ended up being a pretty good year. You look back to to series against Toledo, of course, the last time you're in the Glass Bowl, able to break through, get the win there. A return trip this year, Toledo a talented team at who's dropped that first game of the year, but the sense rolled on. Would you say that when you have to look at what their quarterback does, is you have to worry about him throwing at the ball more, or is it beating you with his feet? You know, probably the most dangerous aspect, I don't know, this, I'm just going to say it, I don't know that it's true, but is the combination, right? Where he is getting out of situations, buying himself more time, and then can still throw it. So it's not that he runs it, you know, every every time, you know, that he gets in trouble. I mean, I mean, he's well protected and their passing game is is uh is sharp, but it's when he's extending plays um with his feet and then throwing the ball downfield, you know, that might be the the most damaging. Your quarterback conversely threw for his career best in terms of of yards in a single game. Last time out against Western, of course, he had to come in relief and, and, and do that. Throwing him into the fire, we know he had prep work, was ready. Maybe in that situation, did he just take some of the thinking out of it and just played, do you think, maybe? Um, well, no, you, I mean, you, you always got to think at right. quarterback. But, um, Reacting maybe is the better term. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that... Uh, you know, subconsciously, maybe just kind of coming in and relief and and seeing how the game was going. Yep. I mean, it, you know, I don't know if he was more comfortable with that um, or not, but he, he played well. Also a return this week. It, it's the aspect that Brian Dooley and a guy like Mikey Haney get to return to their home respective hometowns for the final time. I know that's something that they meant a lot to them the last time you're there. How do you go about seeing that? Plus also now on the other side, there's some Eastern connections at Toledo, RJ Fleming, who of course used to be here as your wide receiver coach and Corey Parker on the other side. So some, some bloodlines there on both sides. Yeah. And, um, Again, they're 45 minutes away. Uh, they're a, uh, a really talented team and, um, it's going to take, you know, everything that we have. Um, I do think that it's meaningful, you know, for guys who are from Toledo, from that area. There's no question. And uh, it's been good to have these extra couple of days. We're excited to get back together with the team. Uh, we had a really good leadership meeting on Sunday night, you know, before we um, left that next next evening. You know, I'm excited about the preparation that we're going to about to go through to, to get ready for these guys. And then we'll get you out of here on this. And we know the news broke last week when with Max Crosby late last week, Adam Schefter tweeted out uh, and then confirmed it later on Monday. But Max Crosby making the generous donation back in. You, Scott Weatherby and myself able to go see Max before that, that game. 
was a special and really unique thing that somebody as young as he is still to make a gift and then kind of challenge other people to step up to their alma maters, not just here, but elsewhere on his team. That's a pretty good head on his shoulders right there. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think that's one of the things that it has been lost a little bit in all this is that, you know, he's 26 years old and for him to have the capacity, one at that age, but then the heart, you know, he and Rachel, um, you know, a soccer grad from here, obviously they met here and are now married and have um, you know, Ella Rose and, you know, made a life for themselves out, you know, on the, on the West Coast. But, you know, to, to do that, you know, at his age and his stage of his career and all of that, it is, uh, you know, it's incredible. And, you know, I know, that in, and look, I, I don't know how much this has been talked about, but long ago, the track coaches, you know, were talked with the athletic administration about, you know, we practice on the track, but it's in such poor yep. shape, can't even host meets. And, um, you know, they're they're the most celebrated or they're, the, you know, the, the no, most yeah, successful. Winning is, yeah. yeah. I mean, program, you know, at this school. I mean, it's crazy. And so they're going to get their own venue, you know, which is so needed All and, over and, and they're so worthy of that. Yeah. And so when we say taking the track out, it's not a negative thing for the track program, yeah. right? It's, it's going to be good for everybody, but we've been talking about getting the track out probably a lot longer than 10 years, but yeah. I know for all these 10 years. And so for Max to make it possible for us to take the track out and then to turf, you know, that entire area aesthetically, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to make the gray pop and with all the green. And then it also just takes that visual barrier, mm -hmm. you know, away from people who are always looking through the track and it just feels as though they're so far away. Um, and then for that to say Crosby Field, I mean, how cool is that, you know? So, yeah, we're just uh, blown away by it, and uh, so so you know proud of him. Whether he gave you know a dime back or not, but uh, it sure is fun to celebrate. You know, getting to to, to do a major renovation um, at the same time. A lot of people have asked. We haven't officially confirmed, but it's going to be great, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The parking lot. It's not going um, away. It's going to be new gray, baby. Um, and again, the, the outside of it will be green. Yep. And so it'll be a lot of green, which will make, you know, that field pop, you know, even more. It's going to be, uh, so he might call it silver, <laughs> but it's, uh, it'll have a silver tint yes. to it. But yeah, it's parking lot gray, baby. I know the, the plan is right now to hopefully be doing that as soon as spring ball uh, commences, kind of start with the outside and work our way in once you guys are done. Yeah, take it, the, taking the track out, you think, even during spring ball after the That's what the they, winter, they've talked then, so Yeah, as long as right. the weather cooperates. Right. And then, uh, you know, the actual turf will start going in like the Monday after spring ball because we've got to have it ready yep. for camps and summer and all of that good stuff. So no, the timeline's good. And I know that, uh, you know, Scott had company out here and they've already, they're already, it's already going. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. Coach, they'll continue to turn away outside. You'll continue to turn away on the turf. And we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night in the Glass City. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast. Powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.